welcome back to the resupply with me, Gunnick Store. And me, DK. Uh, bringing you your fanless uh, double tap of all things Space Marines and Laser Force. Uh, hello, DK. How are you, mate? Good to see you. I'm doing good, doing good. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it's always good. Weird. Got the new color. I'm, I'm, out, oh, of, yeah. I'm out of school. So, you know. Wait, are you all set? Is it like term break or some some? Yeah, like, yeah, basically. Spring break? Is that what that is? Summer break. Summer? Is it summer? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, almost. Yeah, almost. <laughs> well, it looks good. Looks fresh. <laughs> Remember, it's getting colder where you are, which means the opposite's happening here. Yeah, Boy, is the opposite happening here. So like, today's not that bad, but it was it was just quite warm the other day. Um, it's, uh, to be fair, I had a look out the window today and the weather is marvelous. So, you know, it doesn't feel like winter today, but that's okay. Um, so, you know, yeah. Perfect time to spend, uh, 12 hours indoors watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> exactly right. Silly Bring man. it back. Uh, it's always weird when one of us isn't here. Um, uh, just feels like, it feels like there's a voice missing. Um, and we'll, we'll do but our... that's why we got a replacement. Yeah, we'll do our best to fill that hole, but we'll bring them in <laughs> very, very shortly. Um, couple of things we want to talk about first. Um, obviously, good, oh, good morning to you, chat. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Hello to everyone. Very nice to see you. Oh, Stu! 16 months prime sub... Wow, that's a big notification. The Stu, man. Lights, 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 lights. Um, thank you, thank you. Let's, well, that, that leads me to my first point my first point uh this week we hit a milestone here on the resupply channel uh we passed over 500 uh followers um on twitch which is pretty damn awesome um it it normally takes it's taken like almost two years exactly to get to that point so um huge thank you to all you guys who who come and hang out with us on the regular who uh, decide to give us your hard-earned money to, to show us some love to show us some support we really appreciate you guys thank you so much um Stu, thanks for sharing your prime sub with us really appreciate it um but yeah it's uh i think blueson said it best like 500 is kind of like um it's kind of that second major milestone so once you hit like affiliate on on twitch 500 is kind of that next massive one um and then once you get to there things kind of escalate a little quicker because um, more people sort of get eyes on your channel we i'm not sure if that'll be the case for us because what we do is assuming you haven't plateaued because you have a very niche audience of course <laughs> yeah what what we do is very very niche so um yeah i mean i'm sure you know just just like blues in the channel obviously uh, you know we have a, a very broad demographic and we're equally as as famous as the members of these four walls so i'm sure we're going to take off we're going to go to the moon as the kids say that's what they all say i've just realized that that's off i'm gonna slide that that's gonna see everything else fucking askew but that's okay we'll just fix things on the fly 500 followers in still things are, are bung but that's okay um the yeah so thank you guys so much for all the the love and support that you give us we really really appreciate it all um we'll continue making um amusing content for you all uh as long as as, as it you know holds our interest <laughs> and holds yours um I, I guess first and foremost we do we do the podcast like we said in the the beginning we do the podcast mostly for us and and hopefully other people like to to listen to it as well um 
but you know it's always nice when people dig it dig what you do so um yeah hopefully you guys still do <laughs> um that's the first thing so well, well done well done to you uh dk good job you did a good job well done. Uh, yep n- no problem that, that was that was all me <laughs> woo <laughs> woo um sick and honestly pounding that ad revenue <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Uh, second thing, um, we've got some new emotes. Uh, our our friend, everyone's friend, Lucy, all the way from the Czech Republic. Um, she's been uh, hard at work creating some some awesome new uh, emotes and stuff for us. So um, there are like uh, this one. <laughs> they, or this one. <laughs> I I really dig them. They really I really like them. Um, Lucy, I've I've seen you some messages about them. We'll talk about it later. Uh, I have to I had to edit a, a couple of them. So if you're like, hey, that's not what I made, um, that's why. So just you know, don't don't be don't be alarmed. But you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get it. You're you're cutting out my deltoid because you're jealous. I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, that neck. Woof. <laughs> kind of kind of have more than more than the neck, right? <laughs> um, serious question: Where is your Twitch cat ears? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. That doesn't seem like a serious question. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I I really like them. Thank you very much for your hard work. Um, battle chest duck. You guys are throwing all sorts of references in here that I don't understand. Um, I don't know what these kids are saying. Yeah, kids and your your cookie language. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll also update, uh, Lucy <laughs> Volvo. I'll also update the, um, uh, the creator badge thingy, um, uh, after the, the podcast. So I'll, I'll get those sort of for you. Um, third thing I was talking to, oh, oh, we didn't get to play lasers this week. Um, I was going to talk about it last, um, uh, last week. But obviously we were busy with um with Lord of the Rings, um. But I had a chat with ownership at Laser Force about the um, what's the best way to the New Zealand Invitational, <laughs> whatever sure. random draw kind of tournament that we're we're looking at hosting down here. Um, I had a chat with them. They said that they are keen. They're on board. Um, they've given us a date because I basically said sometime mid to late September, early October, mid October. And they said, well, school holidays, um, starts basically start of October. So, um, I think that the dates are going to work out to be the week of the 26th of September. Um, so if people want to have a look at their calendars, uh let me know uh over the next couple of weeks whether or not those dates work out um but it will likely be the 26th of september for either probably four days if people are keen five days um but you know we've got we've got uh ownership are really um supportive of us and and stuff that we want to do i don't have any prices or anything as of yet um that stuff's to be determined um but Frantically starts to justify buying New Zealand plane ticket. <laughs> Look, if, if you've got a choice about whether or not you want to come out at the end of this year or next year, choose next year. 
if you could oh, do yeah, no, this, well, this wouldn't be an either or this would be like a let me stretch out my <laughs> my financial capabilities here a little possibly bit, do but... too uh, i mean if you could swing uh, but, it you do, know. do both um if i could yeah that's could that's uh, that's gonna be kind of a tall ask nah you'd be we'll right see. you'd be right um see previous statements about ad revenue um but yeah so it'll likely be the 26th of september so um if anyone out there is shut up motorbike <laughs> um if anyone out there is is keen uh, <laughs> uh let, let me know um during either the week or, or two weeks um resupply go <laughs> uh dk just moved move to new zealand you, you should just move to new zealand teach you could teach cor- correspondence right you could teach on do, do you still teach over uh, uh zoom or whatever yeah, I, I have. I'll, I'll be back on a a one hundred percent online teaching schedule come fall. Fortunately for me, so you know, you could do it because the time difference possible. actually works out all right. I think you just have to. Yeah, have I mean, kind of warnings here. That's that's the only way I would honestly be able to to even potentially swing coming to New Zealand in the fall is because I'd be able to do stuff remotely. Yeah, but yeah. Well, we'll cross that bridge later. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Al. Have a chat with your boys, okay? Have a chat with your boys. See if you can come over. Um, but yeah, at this stage, like nothing's concrete. But those don't book anything yet. Just talk to me before you do. Um, but those are those are um, kind of the rough dates. What does DK teach? Well, he about to school us on some laser force ways. That's what he's teaching. Teaching teaching uh, teaching the ways of the force. Sorry, some noise. I feel like my Twitch handle kind of gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> this my friends is fireball um all right enough of that there, there's there's uh he can't tell you it's ancient history outstanding <laughs> moving right along let's get to our guest <laughs> clearly you've heard that joke before <laughs> uh yeah let's let's bring our guest so we um oh damn it we we uh like to think that we we know um a lot about laser force here on on the resupply channel um after my recent trip over to the states um and seeing firsthand uh how this player um approaches the teaching of laser force i realized that uh we are woefully um uh, underfunded i'm gonna go with here in auckland um but let's bring in i guess i'll I'll switch across here um Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Resupply Podcast, our good friend Thunder. Good g'day, mate. How are you? No. It's good to oh, see hello. you. Oh, hello. Good to see you guys. It's good to see you, man. I feel like it's been an age since we've we've seen you, uh, or at least on yes. the on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, but uh, we we got to hang out a little bit earlier this year. I came and came and obviously stayed with you and your your wonderful family uh, in Utah. Um, yeah. Where you live, I gotta say, Utah is probably one of my favorite places in the world so far that I've it's, been to. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, quite a place. It's beautiful. Like um, uh, the like we went out to Zion, and you know, obviously, you guys took me um, took me out to into the wild, uh, to the national park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
almost gave me a heart attack making me climb up mountains um on on the easiest trail <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> you guys like you you all right mate like, oh, i think i'm dying but i'm okay it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> um, gotta get up those loveland ramps a few more times yeah yeah, yeah i'm glad we did it after the tournament <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I, I would very much love to come back and, and hang out with you guys there. Um, you guys might. Have I'll to... be headed out there next week. Sadly, no time for laser tag, but I'll still be thinking about you. Really, really uh-huh. Are you um, are you going to um, St. George or are you going to? I'll be going through St. George, but not really in that area. Um, we're going to be trekking up to Bryce Canyon, which I had intended to visit last oh. time I was in utah but we weren't able to work out our spring break trip so i've kicked it to the end of the school term and now that's here so i'm very much looking forward to seeing some bryce canyon next week bryce is the one that was like further if you keep going through uh zion yeah. right yeah yeah you can go through zion and then you have to go north a little ways it's even from here it's maybe an hour it's really close right so, kinda... yeah i think i'll probably even be driving through cedar city as well you will yeah later. you will for mm-hmm. sure should definitely stop by. Uh, you can stop by and get a drink or something. <laughs> Maybe I will. Stop by and I'll get, get a popcorn for the road. <laughs> um, uh, I've I've decided to to represent the uh, the Cedar Fun Center today on the podcast. Got my my fancy yes. lanyard that you guys hooked me up with. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Right. I guess you can yeah. See that. Yes, come get a popcorn and a lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's isn't that your slogan? That's what's outside on the uh, on the <laughs> something side? like that. A lanyard could save your life in the desert. <laughs> Don't ask me how, but it could. Popcorn's just delicious. Um, but yeah, this is what you need: something nice and salty to dry you out while you're out in the burning desert. <laughs> right. Um, is that an Appa plushie behind you? Chet has asked. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's Appa. Yeah. Mm, or Appa. My bad. Is that is that okay? I'm gonna show my my ignorance here, but is that from Avatar? Yeah, yeah, wicked, nailed it. Boom. Um, <laughs> let's move on to something that I know a little bit more about. Um, we obviously we play a we play a Wii game called Space Marines. Um, we've been playing for quite some time. Um, you actually, I think you might be one of the only, um, I'll say players slash sites that actually go as in depth as you go when it comes to teaching our game though right like you that's yeah probably accurate mm. I, I know i mean i've talked to tragedy a little bit but i don't know how how in depth they actually go well so i was i was over in brisbane a few weeks back um and one thing that they do that i hadn't seen before i don't know if you guys do this or whatever but um they uh, we had our our friend truly awful um aka gray he he came along and played his first ever members night in brisbane um Mm. and one thing that they did was that is traj himself actually shadowed gray the whole the whole his whole first game and took him through and you know showed him angles and showed him where to get the bases and Uh you know all that overwhelming stuff um that newer players face um i thought that was a really cool um thing but you guys i don't know if you guys do that but you you really dive deep into how you teach the game right yeah yeah we we i mean essentially we just go for an extremely deep 
understanding of the game. Uh, we really look to, you know, understand, you know, the way that it is played and the way that we think it could be played and, you know, the positions and the way they interact. And, you know, I mean, we, we really try to go quite in depth. Mm. And that's why they won the last tournament, folks. <sighs> and not just one, but like dominated <laughs> you guys were pretty dominant the whole week um uh it, it was it's it, a fair assessment yeah yeah i think so uh but so we we uh dk came up with this this topic today um specifically talking about um the way in which we approach the defensive side of of force or sorry of, of space mm-hmm. rings um do you kind of do? You, how do you want to approach this, DK? Do you want to do you want to go through the the talking points or? Um, yeah, yeah. So well, I've just a couple of like major topics related to to defense. So I know I had sent you guys a little bit of a list, but I think in general, should we just talk about like how much do you think about defense and is like defense as a concept in Space Marines Five is it overrated, underrated, properly rated? So whenever I think it's it's interesting because my whole uh, my first impressions of you specifically Thunder was oh Thunder's like Thunder plays heavy Thunder's like one of the best defensive players there is and whilst I think that's still accurate after seeing you play uh, you're actually uh, uh, an offensive powerhouse <laughs> <laughs> so like you got you you're probably like one of the like best all-rounders there, there could be um in, in my opinion um but yeah like so how i, I guess we'll should we, we we attack that first point the um the i think you had have you got your list there dk <laughs> i have it too yeah I, and i had a slightly different list of my notes so i apologize if i'm going in a different order or stuff like that <laughs> but yeah i just kind of the general defensive philosophies, but I, that kind of like occurred to me at a a later point. I'm just like, yeah, are we right for, for focusing on defense as a topic? Like is defense, because I feel like certainly from a, a statistical perspective, especially the way the game has evolved in our statistical analysis and stuff like that, that there, there might be a tendency to kind of underrate defensive play because that's not necessarily things that's going to get you, MVP points or a high score, but there are moments when I think it can be pretty important to the team. So, just in in general, like how do how do you think about defense, like approaching the game in terms of like, do you want to come out super offensive? Do you think that having a defensive philosophy is good, or is defense just something that kind of happens? That's a a side point to having a good offensive strategy. Hmm. I think they're important. I'll say that you, so you guys will probably have to stop me here and there throughout here because I could be really long-winded on a lot of these explanations. I'm so in for this. Floor, the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like I like you could give me a topic and I, I can probably talk for, uh, you know, I mean, hours and hours and hours without, you know, preparation. Uh, but on, <laughs> on, I guess, <laughs> to, to kind of piggyback off your note like saying like you you know you figure like i was this heavy player and then you see me play scout and even then i mean my first what six or seven tournaments i played commander every game um yep. i remember but when we especially start teaching um players 
uh, what we tell them is we say, okay, you know, let, let's say that we're going to focus for now on you learning heavy, for example. Uh, the way we want you to learn heavy is we want you to go into a game as commander. And we want you to pay attention to four points. What did my commander do in this game that helped me become successful as a player? What are things that my commander could have done that would have helped me be successful? What are things that the enemy commander did against me that worked? And what are things that the enemy commander could have done? Or, yeah, the enemy commander could have done against me um, that, you know, would have been beneficial or, or weaknesses that perhaps I had that he didn't take advantage of or whatever. Mm. Um, that's the hardest oh, I, 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 I said the wrong ones. Sorry, if we're learning heavy, sorry, I meant uh, your own. Uh, these things about your own heavy and these things about their heavy. I said commander a few times. Um, so, you know, you're going to go in the game and, and uh, as heavy and you're going to kind of, I'm getting, conf I'm confusing all of you. I'm sorry. You're going, you're going to again to go in the game as commander and you're going to observe these heavy players. You're going to observe your heavy. You're going to observe their heavy and you're going to learn the way they play the game. And then you're going to go into another game and you're going to play scout and you do the same thing. Okay. What, how did my heavy play? How did their heavy play? Uh, then you're going to go play an ammo game and then you're going to go play a medic game. And then, you know, you're going to go play another commander game. And then, you know, not necessarily in this exact order or, you know, you may play several commander games in a row. It doesn't matter, but you know, you're going to observe the heavy on your team. You're going to observe the heavy on theirs. Um, and then, you know, after a handful of games, you're going to play a couple heavy games. You're going to kind of practice maybe implementing some of these things in your play. And you're going to say, okay, I think, I think this works and I think maybe this doesn't. Um, and the reason this is important is you're learning the game uh, as, as, as a team would play it and not how an individual would play it. You know, one of the things we see in really high competitive play is most players, I mean, most, if not almost all, cannot play more than one maybe two positions at a high level um you know you, you see some Rare. crossover between like commanders and heavies right you, you you may have a player who plays a lot of commander and he can play heavy because they have a lot of similarities um you know or you might see an you know an ammo or ammo who can play a medic or a medic who can play an ammo um but you don't see a lot of crossover and this is because people don't truly understand the way the game is meant to be played you know they understand it from from the scope of one position, they have no idea what role their teammates are supposed to play. They have no idea how to help their teammates. They have no idea how their teammates can help them. Um, and same thing with the enemy team. I mean, you may be a really excellent heavy player, but you need to understand how to play more than just heavy because you're playing against more than just heavy. You're playing mm. against a commander and you're playing against a scout and you're playing against a resupply and you have to understand the strengths and weaknesses of those classes in order to perform well. Yeah, like um, what should they do and what are they actually doing and are those two out of alignment? Yeah, yeah. And and so what what we try to teach is like the you know the game is this 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 very large puzzle and you're trying to figure out where your piece fits. Um, and until you have all of the pieces and all the pieces around your piece, you are just walking around guessing the whole time. Mm. Um, you really yeah. don't know. Um, so, you know, like when we think of defense, you know, like, I think it's important. I think it's relevant. Um, but I also think that, you know, one thing that 
that we try to stress to our players is, you know, we're trying to get out of the way the, you know, the, the idea of the way it's currently played is like, okay. And, and, um, I, I have a really good memory. Uh, a long, long time ago, you guys did, uh, a series of podcasts, uh, one about each position and you brought on some people to talk about those positions. Um, and so when you did the, the heavy podcast, you had Baden on. And one of the things Baden said, which I actually really liked, um, I didn't agree with a lot of stuff he said, or I didn't agree with all of it, but I did agree yeah, with this. The and I thought it was a really good line. <laughs> uh, but he said, you know, if you are a player who really enjoys playing offense, heavy isn't for you. And if you're a player that really enjoys playing defense, heavy isn't for you. Um, and that like, you know, you, you kind of have to learn to do what's required of you. Mm. And I think that's extremely accurate for heavy, but I think that's accurate for everybody. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think if you if you were to pull a bunch of players, uh, I think nearly everybody would tell you that the defense is the ammo and the medic and the heavy, and the offense is the commander and the two scouts. Mm. And although in the game we see that most of the time. Yeah, that's that's you like know. the meta as yeah kind of for sure. Explain people like that's that's kind of how it's evolved. Mm. But there's and nothing I that says it has to be that way, right? Well, right, and I, I don't really think that's wrong. I mean, I think that the way the, the you know the meta, the way the game is played now. I mean, I don't think it's 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 wrong per se, but you know what we we kind of try to break that mold and we say, okay, you know what does the team need? Or right, what you know your more than just your position. Mm-hmm you are learning everything and you're learning the game and you're learning how all these pieces fit together. So like, what does the team require? Is it, does the team require both scouts playing defense sometimes? Absolutely. Does the, you know, team require commander playing, you know, defense, I guess sometime, whatever we're going to define defense as certainly. Um, Well, let's, let's try to do that. Let's try to define like defense. So at least in my mind, the only thing that's relevant for defense in Space Marines 5, because we don't really defend bases or anything like that, but it's primarily defending your medic and, to a lesser extent, your ammo, so you can continue to get resupplied so you have the opportunity to do more things, whether that's defense or field control or anything, or, or offense attacking the other team's resupply, anything else in the game. You need to have your own resupply in the game, so to some extent you have to defend them as, as yeah. kind of your, your defensive objective. I mean, we... In general, I guess we would agree with that. Yeah, I would say I would say defending the resupply, defending the medic, um, for more than one purpose. Obviously, we have the reason of preventing your medic from losing lives, um, and then you know, along the same lines, allowing your teammates to be able to resupply. Hmm. Um, we. We, we made a distinction when we ran the triple threat tournament we we had our teams of three and, and one of the stipulations was um a team of three would play the off <coughs> offensive roles and the other oh, yeah. three teams we didn't refer to it as the defense because it, it's not really defense we referred to it as like the back line um mm-hmm. so rather than yeah rather than i i think there's an important distinction to make too because you know, a lot of people get in their heads, oh, if you're a heavy, then your job is to stay back with the resupply. That's that's what you right. do during the game. And that's not accurate. <laughs> it's one of the things that a heavy does. 
Um, yeah, and like I said, I'm gonna try to keep these answers somewhat short because nah, uh, we we could be we here could for a long time. Poetic for as long as you want. <laughs> <clears throat> and I think you know when 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 I teach players and when we teach players, um, the 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 thing that we make sure that we try to define to them is you know who are we teaching and what are the circumstances and because the reality of the game is the game is extremely complex mm. and there are different levels of of player skill and there are different you know parts in the game that re, you know require all these different things so for example you know when, when we get a brand new player come in you know we're going to tell him we're going to put him in a scout and say okay listen when you get 10 lives go back and get more right are we playing that way? Mm. Of course we're not playing that way. That's insane. You know, when I look at my, 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 the back of my gun and going, Oh, I'm at 11. I'm good. And then I die, go, Oh, it's 10. It's time to go back. Heavens. No, but you know, we can't explain, you know, a new player doesn't have the, the mental capacity for us to, to throw all 6,000 variables at him <laughs> and be like, okay, based on this and 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 this, you know, you add this and subtract this and blah, 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 blah. blah. This is how many lives you can back with. You don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't even think, you know, for a heavy, that's bad instruction mm. for a new player. Mm. Yeah, okay, sit here and, you know, stay full on resupply and shoot the commander when he comes in, you know, certainly. You know, and that, that was one of the things, you know, I, I want to talk about is like when we, when we talk about defense or we talk about, you know, a certain play style for a certain position, whatever it is, we have to define who are we teaching, you know, mm. what knowledge do they have. Um, and also... You know, the Maybe way... a, an oh, answer to that is like where you're playing as well, because yes, for sure. Yeah, the the maze will will kind of dictate some of that too. But um, maybe for all intents and purposes, we talk about you know localized play rather than you know, yeah, yeah. You know, and one I mean, of the I, things I we guess. Can... Oh, good, good. Oh, I was gonna say one. You know, one thing we do uh, we tell our players is you know I say okay when I'm teaching you. Everything I tell you, you know, it, it, we're talking about a game is based on two evenly matched teams playing each other, right? Because this is another one of those scenarios where you're going to play differently if mm -hmm. you're better skilled than the other team or if you are, are, are lower skilled than the other team, mm -hmm. you know? So I say, okay, you know, assume this is two very, very closely matched teams in skill and this is how we're going to play, you know, all these scenarios unless we say something else. Um, yeah, you know it's kind of important to define that because it's you know it's another one of those things where they say oh well you know you said I shouldn't drop below this many lives and therefore last game you know you were you know you were you were sitting at five and I said well yeah but we're also winning by forty thousand points so this is different <laughs> this is not a closely matched game say, yeah I'm not you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do what I say sucker not what I do um. Yeah, right on. I mean, I would say that, that that generally kind of follows in the, you know, back in the day when we actually had a site and was trying to train newer players. And we would strive for things like evenly balanced teams on a member night so people could, you know, kind of see the different quirks of games and things like that. I would sometimes try to outline to people um, what I would just call like the basic rotation strategy, which is kind of a, a switch focal point between defense and offense, which is, right, if your commander's out attacking the heavy is kind of breaking your resupply, but when the commander comes back, the heavy is able to then move forward. So you kind of keep changing the focal point between the, the heavy and the commander as being the focal point of the offense. So you always have a three hit who's available to attack and a three hit who's back. Now, 
obviously there are a ton of situations that's not going to work. That's why I would call it like a, a basic rotation mm. type thing. But being able to kind of pivot between offense and defense of having a three hit back and a three hit forward is like one kind of beginning point of understanding how the flow of the game works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's good. I, I think yes. once again, you know, I mean, that's that's something we would teach a new player, mm-hmm. you know, is that, hey, you know, like we don't need everybody in the, to stand in the same spot, <laughs> you know, and here's an example of that and, you know, and whatnot. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And Yeah, and I mean, even, even like what's very, very frustrating and anytime, anytime I talk to you, it, it really highlights um how much more uh not necessarily myself but like our site could be doing to improve the gameplay of of our player base in general um Mm -hmm. you know uh, but because rather than just going and playing the game and then the game's over and you move on to the next game really like actively thinking about how you can play each of these roles better or, or you know what happened in the last game and how you can how you can adjust that or learn from it because um one thing when when Auckland was at its height we had a very good um we had a very good rotation strategy so you know um we would always have uh, a you know the the three hits kind of rolling but also the the scouts rolling as well so there was never more than than you know the heavy and one other back getting right. resupplied or you know three hit and the scout back getting resupplied um because whilst it is you know intense to have three people out attacking it's uh really detrimental on the team to have five people back in the resupply right um, you know because that's just yeah there's too many people yeah um and i suppose that goes that can kind of um fall under a what not to do um potentially in a defensive um situation is having too many people defending um, right yeah yeah but are they defending though or are they saying I need you to give me stuff now. That's not defending. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, I guess well, maybe that's an important distinction then. You know, yeah, what? just because you're next to the resupply does not mean you're defending. I've tried to explain this distinction to people a number of times. Right. Back in defense. No, you weren't. <laughs> it's a difficult question to I mean I mean to answer, obviously. I mean we typically say, you know, if you're a scout and you're within, you know, twenty feet of the resupply, you're not on defense. <laughs> Like you, you get in, you get your resupplies, and you leave. You do not get shot. You are not on defense. You are getting resupplied. Um, I think it comes down to another concept. One of one of the one of the very large topics that we teach is um, to, you know, understanding how to take control over as many aspects of the game as you can. Uh, one of those is resupply. Um, so you know what we say. You know what we try to tell players and. I think this is somewhat realistic in, in our context of an evenly matched game, right? If you're getting smashed, then this may not apply. This, this, this may be difficult, you know, to actually pull off. But what we tell people is you should never be in a position where you need resupply because soon as you need resupply, you are no longer in control of your own game. 
someone else is in control of your game. Mm, your resupplies may not be in a position to get you resupplied. You know, the other team may be, you know, in a position to prevent you from getting resupply. You are you are giving up your control to somebody else. And so your your goal is control every aspect of the game that you possibly can, including the ability to you know, you you always want to be in a position where you want to resupply. Resupply would be really great in this situation, but you don't need resupply right here, right? When you go back and there's five people there, you don't need it. You want it, you don't need it, you can wait. Um, and 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 that's a that's a mistake that we see a lot. Mm. Is that you mm. know? I mean, I I still remember there was a tournament we went to in one of the practice days, and I was playing resupply. I was playing medic. And we're just getting pounded and we're in a cubby and we're both dead. And our heavy walks around the corner and goes, I need lives right now. And he's, his lights are off and our lights are off. And then he gets shot and dies out of the game. He was on one life and he came back for resupply. And then he goes out and starts saying that, oh, Thunder's the worst medic I've ever seen. He didn't even <laughs> give me lives. I'm like, what are you talking? What, what in the world do you want me to do? Um, Can't fight the facts. And... <laughs> You know, so, you, you know, essentially is is that sometimes there's going to be a lot of people going back free supply at one time. And most of that is a failure to understand, I think, you know, the, the, the flow of the game and the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, the, the, the needs of your teammates. That's the key. Um, that right there. Yeah. So like uh, a lot of this, this I think separates great players from good players and and terrible players but the great players understand not only what they're doing but what they're what the rest of their team are doing um right and yeah if you're in a situation where um you're not you're not aware enough to understand that like okay well i'm i'll, I'll take one hit of lives and i'll go back out and put some pressure on them on the other team because you know my teammate needs it more than i do that's right. that sort of stuff really you know elevates your game once you can kind of um understand that stuff um but play 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 outside of just yourself um yeah mm. yeah and that's one of the main themes you know like we talk about you know you're going you're going to you know we're going to teach our players to 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 learn the big picture of the game learn about all the classes, learn how they interact, learn what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a big problem is yeah, exactly. People don't know. They don't have a clue what's going on with the rest of their teammates and they don't understand why you know, they just, they have no idea, you know, and we see, we just, it's amazing how much we see, you know, someone who's played just a thousand commander games and nothing else. And yeah, they don't have a clue how to work as a team or how anything fits in with anything else. And yeah, um, we got right. a good question from chat. I'll let you handle oh, this, DK. Yes. Do you want to read out the question? Yeah. So Lucy asks, Thunder, Steve, DK. I have a question. We'll be playing a Space Marines tournament next Sunday. Six people per team, two scouts. Okay, so standard arrangement. Four minutes. Everyone must play every role. So I, it's a good it's a good idea especially for your first tournament get people moving in and out mm. any tips for a team who's not played <laughs> space marines at all you know i said every time that i want to play them um it's yeah just just do it <laughs> just <laughs> just come up with with an arrangement and you know get people filing through the through the positions um play 
all of them as much as possible and do the kinds of things that Thunder said. Pay attention not just to what's happening in the game for you, but like what did your teammates do that helped out the team as a whole and then helped you individually? And what did people on the other team do that made your life miserable or made the game easier for you and weaknesses you could exploit? Yeah, I definitely think it's hard. I mean, I think to a certain, like in the beginning, at least when you're, when you're that new, there's so little instruction that is going to be beneficial. Like there's to, to an extent, you just have to play a block of games to really kind of even feel oriented with what is going on. I mean, I, and it's going to be a trial and error process because, like, when we when we first started playing Space Marines at our site, you know, we we didn't have anybody who knew what they were doing. We had to build that from the ground up. Like, we right. when we first started playing, we didn't. I don't think we knew and didn't discover until probably a couple of weeks in that you could resupply somebody with both shots and lives at the same time. And then all of a sudden that was like, wow, what a revelation. So yeah, focus on things like that, like double resupplies first. <laughs> like knowing how to do that is already going to increase your efficiency by 100% right there. Yeah, oh, that's true. Uh, one thing that really frustrated me, we, we were watching the Aussie titles uh, last mm, year or remember the year this. before. Um, and one thing that was incredibly frustrating, now the, the, the guys over in Western Australia, uh, they play a thing called Aussie titles every year. Um, and it's kind of an Armageddon format, but with, with just force games, I suppose, now that they've um, made the transition away from um, Zone. Well done, you guys. Um, but uh, <laughs> but they play a variety of games, and they've just started, well, not just started, but they play a little bit of Space Marines. And one thing I noticed was that nobody, like a lot of the times their heavies stayed on like nine lives for agents um they wouldn't and their ammos uh-huh. oh and the ammos. That's, what I that's, right. that's right it was the ammos yeah ammos wouldn't like, take any lives you're right there you're next to the medic why are you not getting lives? if you can if you've got lulls just make sure that the ammo stays reasonably full um that's it's really bad obviously when your ammo dies out <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's start here. Since we're answering a, a question about how to get started with Space Marines, and since defense does revolve around the resupply in some way, shape, or form, like one of the first things that we always look for when we go to a new arena is, all right, well, where are the resupply spots? Mm. So that was one thing I, I put in our, our little chat is, all right, when we go to a new field, what do we look for in a good resupply spot? I mean, sometimes we cheat and just ask the experienced players outside, hey, where do you guys resupply? But if you're going to a new field for the first time, you're looking for, hey, where's a good spot to resupply? What kinds of features on the terrain or in the field do you guys look for? And I'd go one step further and say, who's, who's input in, on the team in terms of like, if you guys have set positions that you play, uh, whose kind of input bears a little more weight? That's probably a leading question, but... Um, well, I mean, that's important, but I'm, I'm literally asking like, like you two guys, when you go to a new field, like what, what are things that you would look for in a good resupply spot? Well, do you kick off first thunder if you want, unless you want to. Okay. Well, <laughs> I would say, yeah, I mean, I mean, pretty much you're looking for a space that your, your medic can, it's really hard to get to your medic. You know, uh, ways there's, you know, there may only be one way into your medic or two ways into your medic, the least number of, the, of, of, of that possible. 
Um, but also I'm looking for somewhere where my resupplies can still be participants in the game. Um, you know, I mean, when we approach really anything and obviously, uh, resupplying is included in anything, you know, we look at, okay, you know, we, we ask all, all, all the, the, the W questions, uh, where do we get resupplied? Where do we stand? Why do we get resupplied? When do we get resupplied? You know, all these questions. And, and one of those is, is, is where, where do you get resupplied at? Well, the answer is often if you know, you want to be able to receive resupply as far away from your resupplies as you can. Mm -hmm. You often don't want you, unless you have to be, you do not want to be anywhere near your resupply. Yeah. Um, If you can get it halfway across the field, then, oh, it's amazing. Nothing makes me feel better as a resupply than resupplying somebody who's like way far away and was like, hey, give them a double. And they're they're all the way over there. And it's like, they can just go straight back in and attack their team. That's amazing. I love that. And the question is, I mean, the question really becomes like, how far can you resupply someone effectively? I mean, I mean, sure, you're going to hit doubles from halfway across the arena every once in a while. But can you actually make, you know, reliably make resupplies from that far away? Maybe, maybe not, Um, you know, but at least, you know, you get 10 feet away or 15 feet away or 20 feet away. Or, you know, in the case of, you know, Loveland, where we just were, I mean, your resupplies in you know, one corner of the third floor and you're getting resupplied in the other corner and, you know, you're not really being attacked. So you can pretty, pretty reliably take, you know, resupply from that far away. Um, so, you know, I, I'm definitely looking for, you know, a place, a place that's defensible, a place that's hopefully backed up into a corner, um, but also a place where they, you know, the resupplies can still be participants in the, in the game. Yeah, when, when I think about, like, what, what counts as a medic cubby, one thing that I would look for is what I would call a short corner where essentially it's like you just have a small area where you have to take a very sharp corner to get around to target the medic because that means that a person's going to have to take a long straightaway where they can get shot. They're going to have to change direction and then look again mm. before they actually get into the medic. So that provides them as many obstacles as possible to take a shot at the medic and as many barriers that they can be shot from by your team. So a whole gauntlet they have to run to get into into your medic. Mm. So that mm-hmm. that's what I mean by like a short corner. So... That that little cubby that you guys have on the on the yellow platform, and then the area in the the corner um, at blue, where you guys have, are two really good examples of that. Because you essentially right. have to go all the way in, you have to take a corner, and you have to turn around and go in, in another direction. Yeah, if at all possible as well, like um, somewhere where you can not only have not only the person getting resupply far away from the resupply, but you can kind of split the resupply up a little. Um, somewhere where they're not, you know, standing side by side. Side by side is, um, is a difficult one. It's kind of, it's probably the, like the default for, um, for a lot of like newer resupplies. But as you, uh, as you maybe, uh, get a resupply partnership with somebody, you know, cause there, there have been some very good, you know, I mean, Russ and, and Tom spring to mind as like good resupply pairings that have played lots of games together. Um, they can stand, you know, 20 feet apart from each other and still hit resupplies. So um, that's that's probably a, a good thing to look at as well. Um, but, you know, maybe not 100% necessary um, if you can, if you're covered by, by a good heavy. Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I think 
Thunder raises a good point too, is that you also want to have visibility. Like sometimes those short corners are really great for keeping you out of the action. But if you're all the way out of the action, it means you can't help your team by calling things out, by taking shots, by aiding in the defense directly. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of the transition question is like how much of a role do the resupply themselves play in the defense rather than just being the ones who are being defended because they can shoot people too, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the ways that we teach resupply is, you know, we'll, we'll go with, I'll, I'll go with it. Uh, we'll put up our arena map and, you know, I'll use my, my dry erase marker and we'll put up some, you know, we'll put up an ammo or we'll put up a medic <clears throat> like in the back corner. Um, and I realize probably a number of people watching the podcast will never have played in an arena, but uh, they're in like the very back corner yeah, of blue base. Um, and the very back corner of blue base is uh, very safe, but you have no idea what's going on. Anything other than like five feet from you. I mean, just, you have no visibility you have no idea what's going on. So I'm going to say, so you're playing medic, you're in the cubby here. <clears throat> and uh, you know, maybe the enemy heavy runs into your base and a nuke drops and all that is a, all that's obvious to you is you have to leave the base. I said, do you go, do you go to red base, which is, you know, the base in the corner off to your left, or do you go to green base, which is the base off of your corner to your right. And I get all kinds of questions. Oh, I, I go to red base or I would go to green base or whatever, whatever. And I say, here's the problem. This is a trick question. You have no idea what's going on. Right. I mean, one, one thing I talked about earlier is we, we, you know, we talk about we talk about um, controlling everything in your power. We, we talk about gaining control over things. That a lot of people think you don't even have control over. And in order to make, you know, controlled, informed decisions, you have to have information. Right. If you have if you're in the very back corner of blue base and uh, this is one of the things that like teams really struggle when they come to our arena as they put their resupplies mm -hmm. in that very, very back corner of blue base. And it just it's terrible teams. I mean, uh, when when we host arenas, I mean, blue side never wins because the resupplies are always standing in the wrong spot. But you have no idea what is going on in the game. You have no idea where anyone is. You have no idea anything that's happening. I mean, you're hearing a couple calls here and there, and things are changing. And 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 so when that you know when that heavy in this example, he comes into your base, and you know you have to leave. You're about to guess, mm. and some of the times you're going to guess right, and some of the times you're going to guess wrong. But you're not, you know, you're not a high tier player. You're not going to win all your games by guessing. And so the, the, the farther you can make it out of your base while still being safe and the more information that you can gather, the better you can make informed decisions um, about, you know, your gameplay and your teammates and, you know, things that you should be doing. And, and so, yeah, you, you do need to find a place that, you know, you have access to the game and access to information. Remember, kids, it was the code crackers and the intelligence services that won the world wars, right. not just your fighting grunts. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I think that was that was a um, really sobering uh, realization um, during during this recent tournament in Loveland because I, like I don't I don't play resupply a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't play resupply a lot. I uh, you know it, it's I've never played actually resupply oh, wow. in a tournament from memory. Um, it could be wrong, but yeah. Um, Other than the one that we just played, you mean? Aside from that one, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the one I, I mean prior to that tournament. Prior to yeah, that yeah, tournament. yeah. Um, and so, you know, my my understanding of how to play that role 
well is actually way worse than I had realized because, you know, I would, uh, my default, and and part of this comes down to um, our team dynamic as well, was go sit in the corner. <laughs> go go sit in the in the box and, like, don't come out. Um, and you're right. Like, what happens is uh, somebody comes in and flushes the resupply, then you're down to a guessing game as to where, you, where you're going. And a yeah. lot of the times I was guessing wrong. Um, and that just, it, it creates, um, it, it just created a lot of chaos, um, right. yeah, during our games. And then, you know, contrast that with, with watching you guys play, you guys will play forward a lot. Like the, the resupply would be not cramped in a cubby hole. Um, but the cubby hole was there to, to track back into, should you need it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was, um, Yeah very sobering (laughs) some self-reflection going on there yeah Um, i think that that's oftentimes what i would tell like resupply players once you've crossed that beginning threshold and you have kind of the basics down it's okay well if i don't need to be all the way back how far forward should i be and my answer is always as far forward as possible but no farther (laughs) (laughs) not like like, that that's that's a perfectly good answer right yeah that's real helpful thanks dk very specific (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. um one one quick aside uh, or just as a side point lucy what i would also suggest uh, and it can be a little overwhelming um check out our youtube check out some of the first person um uh capture videos that are on the auckland laser force page uh maybe go back and and have a listen to some of the previous um position podcasts that we talked about although thunder would say don't do that because the information is wrong uh, no, no. <laughs> That's what you said, right? <laughs> no, no. no. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. And even though it's not our channel, you can also check out Laser Mischief. Yeah. And uh, his webpage. So there's just some first person videos on there as well. Uh, miss... I'm, pulling up the cha- I'm pulling up the channel. Oh, thank you. Uh, there's a thing that uh, exclamation mischief. That's not how you spell mischief. Mischief. There we go. Check out his. Oh, and, all right. Um... Well, hey, that's not handy. <laughs> Uh, also the last one is the tournaments page because there are some um Mm -hmm. stuff on there as well uh and i think on the loveland page as well um there there were some i think like a long time ago they they did some um breakdown videos of of uh kind of the the real basic features of each of the five classes um for for new new players it's probably a good place to go and check out as well um i I thoroughly enjoyed those videos so but there are there are a lot of resources and then also um feel free to reach out to some of the more experienced players in in the scene um i'm not the best teacher so maybe not me um but like these two guys very very good teachers um but yeah anyway I, i thought i would uh do some plugs there as well um right where were we at thanks i've ruined the flow sorry <laughs> no i think the, the flow has been good because we've kind of just been moving from a lot of the topics that i had on the outline anyway and i, I think uh thunder makes a great point about you need to have information to run defense effectively and that means you can't just be hiding blind in a corner because then you're reduced to a, a guessing game hmm. so uh, the other thing is that if you're hiding in a corner it doesn't allow you to make one of the cardinal defensive moves that we have as a result of just the way we play and um, 
well, it's not even a loophole in the rules. It just is the way the rule works, which is utilizing a, a backtrack to prevent yourself from, from being chased. Because if you're already in the corner, you have nowhere to backtrack, right? right. So, yeah, so how would you say is, is best to utilize backtracks effectively? Yeah, and then this is another, uh, this is along the lines of controlling what we can control. So, you know, what what we're looking to do is we're looking to do something like uh, take take plays or take whatever that gives us the highest odds of coming out successful. So, you know, if you are a, you know, a heavier in ammo and, you know, you're, you're about to trade shots with someone who's walking at you, there is a chance that they will hit you and you will miss them. And part of this uh, is a problem with, with, with the actual hardware, you know, it's not perfect. Well, and so <laughs> you are going to miss shots that you probably should have it because the system we plan isn't perfect. And that's fine. That's a part of the game, but we have to learn to adapt. So this comes down to once again, controlling what we can control. You may have times where you, you know, go to hit a player and you miss uh, through maybe no fault of your own. Uh, however, a backtrack is a hundred percent, right? When you backtrack, they can't come in and shoot you you can't lose. Um, whereas taking a shot, you can. So when you, when you move forward enough to give your up yourself the opportunity to backtrack, you are giving yourself a, you know, a guaranteed hundred percent form of defense where not even shooting that, not even shooting someone can provide you. Mm. Yeah. Assuming they can't take a shot on you when you backtrack. Yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> <laughs> That's uh, that's very accurate, DK. Very accurate. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. in Jesus. <laughs> so I, I suppose um, this this particular thing, and we we talk from the perspective of um, playing under the international rule set. Um, obviously, this stuff is going to be different. Um, you know, say in the UK or um, pretty soon the Czech Republic, um, where mm. the rule set is different. Um, but assuming that we're playing playing you know space marines under the international rule set then absolutely backtracking is such a vital weapon and it's um it's something that you that you have to um get in the habit of doing it needs to be needs to be good playing habits because i could tell you right now auckland do not backtrack at the moment um Mm -hmm. because we haven't had a regular like regular members nights in quite some time but b um high competitive um tournament style training or play um need somebody in that ass yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly that <laughs> well as i saw an, an eloquent lecture from a gentleman explain about how to effectively push the resupply areas is that you don't want to push them into a corner you want to push them out of the corner <laughs> That's a good way to put it, man. So, Something like that. So eloquent. <laughs> you, 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 you try to, you try to, I mean, again, I think this is basically true of any kind of strategy game is like whatever the enemy doesn't want to do, whatever position they don't want to be in, try to put them in that position. Mm. Get them in between. It's like I think you said in, in your video, get them in between your team members. So that way they have to look in right. different directions and they don't have that kind of safe spot where they can be. Mm. 
Yeah, that's what we um, we we uh, basically classify this under the uh, umbrella of uh, what we call arena control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we talk about arena control, obviously we can get pretty in depth into this concept. Um, but one thing I try to do um, is when I was in uh, plane uh, training to become a um, flight instructor. Uh, we have to go through a lot of education training as well as, you know, like actual flight training. Hey, anyway, one of the things they talked about is like the, the more uh, understanding you have about a particular topic, uh, the, the easier you can explain it, right? When, when you get enough understanding about a particular topic, you can explain anything simply in one sentence, you know, just the very, the most basic concept of it. Um, and so when we talk about arena control, you know, our one sentence that, you know, that, 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 that the, the underlying, okay, here is what arena control is. In one sentence, it is putting the enemy team in between your team. Um, so this is where the complication comes in for resupplies moving up and out of the, the, the box or whatever this ends up being is you are now leaving your back exposed and allowing the enemy team to potentially take arena control from you for very little of nothing. I mean, you could just walk back there. Um, you know, one, one of the things uh, that we, we really don't have time to get into um, is uh, we teach our players that d- different examples and different ways of, of understanding that you can be in unbelievably effective in so many different scenarios without ever firing a shot all you have to do is move to the correct spot at the correct time Mm. Um, it is amazing the amount of of influence that you can have on the game while uh by walking to a particular spot at the right time with your lights off and never firing a shot you can be unbelievably effective and change the course of the game uh, by simply knowing where to go, and 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 this is kind of you know the fight of okay, you resupply. Sure, they want to move up, and they want to be effective, and they want to be uh, you know participants of the game, and they want to be able to gain information, do all these things. But you potentially leave your back exposed to someone walking, simply just walking behind you, um, and taking arena control from you, um, and that's kind of the, uh, the the give and take, and mm. the, you know, the subtlety behind that. Well, I, I think players should be intuitively aware of that because which of us hasn't played a game where there is some player who's posted up in some place, I don't care, take your pick of whatever arena you have. You're in St. George, they're on the red platform. If you're in Brisbane, they're in Helm. If you're in, in Loveland, they're they're on, you know, one of one of the like the big box or some something like that. But some area that's really key and just like, oh man, this guy's been there the whole game. It's just it's just it's just so frustrating. Can't move past him, can't do anything. Like just by being there, that has mm-hmm. a huge influence on the game, and that's the kind of situation I think that you alluded to. Where watch what the other team's doing. The things that annoy you when you're trying to play against that team, it's like hmm, maybe I should do those kinds of things when I'm playing against another team as well. Because if I find that frustrating to play against, probably other people would be also. Yeah, and this is this is I think uh, part of the part of my issue with the MVP system. The MVP system, okay, it's not my favorite. I, I don't like to complain about it because I'm kind of the person who, like, I feel bad complaining about something without offering a solution, and I'm not offering solutions. So on the record, I'm not complaining about the MVP system. But, uh, you know, going into Loveland, you know, one of the things that we talked about as a team, I said it is highly likely that Snuffles will come out with significantly more MVP than me. It's not necessarily because he's, you know, being more effective or, or whatever it is, but, like, I understand, you know, things about 
going to the right posi- correct position with my lights off and not shooting anyone and being the deciding factor in the game than he does, right? I'm going to come to those conclusions faster, uh, you know, whereas, you know, bef- and I'm going to see those things before he does and that's just going to happen and, you know, I will probably score lower and I'll probably get lower MVP, but I'm having a greater, you know, or a different influence on the game. Um, and those uh, influences aren't, aren't really reflected in MVP, unfortunately, but oh well. Yeah, I think that's unfortunately true of a lot of even advanced analytics in yeah. a in a number of different sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, like with NBA playoffs going on right now, we know that there are guys who have a huge impact on the game that might not show up in the box score, but it's like, oh yeah, it, even just, you know, their energy or, you know, fighting for, for rebounds, doing all kinds of things that aren't just, did you put the ball in the basket are really right. important for the flow of the game. Mm. You know, not how many points you scored, how many times you shot the medic or things like that, that aren't as easily quantifiable but we know they make a big difference. And I I think that at least the better players are good at recognizing that. I, I think when it comes to, like, voted positions and things like that, that good players will be able to make those kinds of calls and say, okay, well, I know who is really effective at this position, even if maybe they weren't at the absolute top of the MVP leaderboard, which is, I think, mm-hmm. why sometimes there's a disparity between who won the MVP stats right. and who were the voted positions. Sure. I mean, yeah, some of that is also just interpersonal stuff you, you never know but a popular contest what happens yeah but sometimes <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> um yeah but like you would hope that that those things are then reflected in how your team does as a whole in for sure right um which yeah. which really that's the that's the thing that matters most for me anyway um is how how did your team do what what team what position did your team come in the tournament mm-hmm. how how or maybe not even that how did your team look over the week um mm-hmm. because you can get to finals and and be undone by by a moment of of um terribleness on your part or a moment of brilliance on the other team's part and you know these things happen but like how did your team perform over the week and maybe that's maybe that's more of an introspective thing um rather than you know other people telling you how your team did over the week <laughs> a lot of a lot of people right. will you know have a good gauge of how they felt over the week um yeah usually and and one other thing that i could i would put in for the whole concept of field control i think eves has the perfect one sentence illustration of that is put the other team in between members of your team because that's always what you're trying to do you're trying to get them in the open um i also think of uh something i would refer to as like the 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 triangle principle is that most arenas, or at least sections of arenas in one way, shape, or form, are, are a box or a square of sorts. So it's like, if it has four sides, if you control three of like the, the corners or three of like those key areas, that's essentially field control because you have forced them into one corner or one section and you control the other three. So you have a three to one advantage mm. against them. Like, I think about this a lot. Um, even though they play very differently, I think about this a lot for both Detroit and St. George. St. George plays very fast. Detroit plays much more grindy. But in mm-hmm. both cases, it's like in St. George, if you have control of wherever you're resupplying, whether that's blue or yellow, and the green platform and the red platform, you're in great shape because there's pretty much no no angle that any enemy can approach where they're not going to have to worry about being shot from at least two different directions. And in Detroit, like if you have control of your ramp 
the back corner and that central tower, like there you go. That's what you have to, in order to, to move forward and get that kind of movement, you have to have control of like those three those three key areas. And if you don't have control of them, you're trying to get control of them. Like you're never gonna have hundred percent control of them all the time, but it's like if we're talking about what field control is, I feel like that's a good way of illustrating it. Mm-hmm. It was it's yeah, I think it's it's interesting because Auckland kind of works in the opposite way. Like if you if you control the upstairs floor, then generally you're going to win the game. But that's a that's a small portion of the maze compared to, you know, the rest of the downstairs. Um, I suppose I suppose the the points would be if you control the ramps, then you control upstairs, and therefore you've got you know more control over the game. But for us it really clicked when we went to or at least it clicked for me when we went to brisbane in 2018 um to to have beast uh beast beast took me aside and, and like beast is one of the best heavies that have ever played our game he, he took me aside he was like hey look I, I really like how you're playing the game but if you stand you know if you shift this way two meters and see that line there if you control that line then it shuts down this whole section of the maze and i was like oh wow i didn't even see that before um so for us like maze of control like control sorry zone of control is such a was such a um maybe maybe it's foreign concept because we hadn't approached looking at our arena in that particular way um but it definitely made sense in brisbane and made a huge difference to my game um just yeah just being able to yeah control those different zones and then i think um our scouts had also gotten some of those kind of points as well, you know, like controlling the helm and controlling the bridge and controlling the vortex and all that sort of stuff. So, um, King, huh? Damn Stupid King. King. <laughs> <laughs> what was, it was such a different way for them to play. Like, um, uh, King, uh, King found himself getting very frustrated, um, at a older player of ours called Mookie because um, Mookie had this good sense of being able to change his play style or change the way he played in our arena, depending on who he was playing against. And it was really frustrating for a lot of players um, because they weren't able to make the adjustment. And, and he was. Like, you know, our our philosophy has always been go and kill the resupply. Go, just go kill the resupply. That's your job. Go kill the resupply. Where somewhere like Brisbane, in general, not terrible advice. Yeah, <laughs> but like, um, you know, there there really wasn't any steps in the middle of that. It's just hey, go and attack the resupply and kill them out of the game. In a lot of other mazes, it's hey, go and control these sections of the maze, and killing the resupply will come as a result of that. Um, so you know, it yeah, it's hard for some for some players to switch out of those those different mindsets uh, and play more of a, a defensive zone well not even defensive but play more of a, a zone control rather than a um, battering ram <laughs> a fast battering <laughs> ram um, mm, I, th- I thought it was an interesting uh, um, observation um, right what else was on that list well I'm, I'm sure this topic will be near and dear to your heart steve let's let's talk about the totem pole the the ultimate kind of full defensive maneuver um that is, as we learned was actually mostly devised by rusty as uh, an answer to uh your your very 
annoying tendency of, of you and, and Virus to beat on the Brisbane team in 2006 and trying to figure out some way to control for that was to set up the, the so-called totem pole where you would have the both scouts and the ammo essentially form a kind of vertical line, have the medic just kind of tucked around the corner. So that way, anytime they come across into this one area, you're having three shots come directly at you. Um, and yeah, I mean, Al makes a, makes a point. It's a, it's, you sound, um, you sound like annoying, a, no, no, no. You sound like a, a baby. Get out of here with that bullshit coming <laughs> mothing team. Oh, get out of here. Uh, what's what's mothing? Mothing? People who just hang around and pick off the scouts and like Okay. Yeah. And like don't actually go and hit the rest of oh, you you cry baby. <laughs> 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 oh um I love you, Al. It's it's it can be very time. frustrating to play against where you just have you know, this angle of attack and it's sometimes referred to as the totem pole, other times it's the box, because sometimes you can have four players arranged in a box and all shooting down one hallway where there's only one area mm. of attack. Um, but, you know, this can be, in moments, an effective defensive strategy. So, one, I, I kind of explained the principle behind it, but how do, how do you beat the totem pole? Because I, I would like everybody to be aware of this because I would like to discourage the totem pole as much as possible. Oh, so indeed. Yeah, I think we all to, want that. Defeat this. Yeah. So we, let, let's, let's hear you guys input on how well, do you, how do you beat the totem pole? I hate to, I hate to jump ahead of you, Thunder. Cause oh, I, go this, ahead. I've, I've thought about this for the better part of a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Many sleepless nights. Long, longer than that. Actually 2006. So going on. Yeah. A decade and a half. Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> for a very long time. And like this, this kind of comes down back to, um, uh, back, back to, <laughs> no, no, no. You can't, that's the thing. Uh, we took away the ability of the totem pole. That the, the reason why it happened is because there was a section of our maze that had a wall that's that, oh, it, it was basically like a really long, um, dead end area so um our maze actually has removable doors so so at the end of this this dead end there's a door that hasn't been put in there since 2006 um because the stupid totem pole but um uh the reason that the reason the strategy worked when it worked was because we were very very slow hey we had never seen it before uh, and B, we were very slow to react to how to actually beat it. And the way you beat that is you you take it, you, you don't even approach, uh, for, for us, you don't approach the totem pole. So what would happen is either the commander would come around and get hit or a scout would come around and get hit and they would lose, you know, one to three lives depending on who it was immediately. Um, and uh because it was because they didn't need a three hit bank um they sent their two three hits out to attack um me i was the heavy at the time and then our resupply and so they were able to pincer us effectively and i can't you know i can't defend against rusty and Traj playing you know commander and heavy there's just there's, you can <laughs> yeah no, no no one's gonna beat that um so the the way in this particular instance that it could have been dealt with is um the attacking trio needs to pivot and focus their attention on one of those two uh three hits 
um, because if you can um, if if you can remove one of those three hits, then the heavy has less less to focus on. They can focus all their attention on taking out the other three hit and removing them as a as a factor. Um, and if you have four out of your six players not doing anything in a, in a game, um, that's a lot of wasted points or wasted opportunity. So um, it's again about control, like Deke and Thunder talking about earlier. 100% now. Exactly right. Um, yeah, because the totem pole relies on not field control, but control of one very narrow space. Yeah, It's a single angle of attack. Because that's the only way you can you can run it is there has to be only one way in. Yeah, I I I would I would have probably given the exact same answer. Yeah, I, I think he's he's spot on with that. I would say, um, yeah. I mean, if I mean when I actually read the total poll thing, I was I I don't think that I've seen uh, like two scouts and an ammo do it or, or two scouts and an ammo and a medic do it. I've seen all six players do it a few times. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the full on yeah. box. Yeah. And that that I think in some ways is actually easier to defeat because yeah. mm-hmm. that really does re- rely on all of them being forced into a corner, which is never going to turn out well. The the way the only reason that it worked in 2006, like Steve said, is that they had both of their three hits now free to attack. And when you have Rusty and Tragedy unshackled and just out in the field wreaking havoc, you, it's it's difficult to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say I would say the same thing. I mean, even you know, I, I you said you know, like having the commander and scouts kind of turn around and deal with with one of the three hits. I would say deal with both. I mean, at least if you can get in a position where you can potentially shoot both of them. But yeah, I mean, a, a, a two versus six. Yeah, I I, I like that answer. Yeah. Well, so yeah, in that particular instance, like uh, they were attacking into upstairs, which is kind of the position of strength in our arena. And they were it has multiple ways into and which is fine if if you can control one side, but as soon as you have to split and you know take care of right three hundred and sixty degrees, it just doesn't work. They were actually rotating the three hits through the totem as they were returning to be resupplied. They did a lot of damage um, early, and I suppose it's hard because I didn't get to see. I I didn't see it from the other side. I didn't see the actual totem because I was too busy getting my ass kicked. But if they can, if they can take away most of that attacking trio's um, lives, that a game will force you know the team to to kind of go. Everyone's back at the resupply, and when that happens, it's never good. You're in the riffing spot. Oh, you would have had the best view. <laughs> um, I hate I hate the totem. It's it just. Yeah, again, it it just really highlights the um, the effectiveness of if you're able to if you're able to pivot or like adapt to things whilst you're in the arena. I suppose like looking at it like you control the things you can control, um, then that's what makes you a really great um, Space Marines player. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, Al says that the totem has a similar effectiveness of a, a full turtle. I mean, really, it's just a variation on that same yeah. thing. But it's a, a, a incredibly, like, your entire strategy is oriented around defense and trying to take advantage of the other team running what I would call an ineffective offense. Mm-hmm. Like, something that's effective against a team that is scattered and disorganized is not going to be effective against a team that has a defensive mindset where they're always going to be able to 
focus 100% of their of their fire and of their their control and their energy on you as a single attacker well yeah you're going to need to work a little bit more as a team you can't just you know, file people one at a time into the into the alien death cannons and clog them with wreckage. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> what a reference. <laughs> um, yeah, stupid totem pole. Stupid, so, stupid totem pole. so okay. So our lessons are: you have to control the field. You can't do an, an isolated attack because the, the totem pole and strategies like that. They work against players who are used to being a one-person wrecking crew. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go in, I'm going to attack the resupply position, and I can just force them out by myself. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, under normal circumstances where they're distracted and they're looking in a different direction and they're concentrating on four different things at once, that might be true. Or if it's one alone. But if they know exactly what you're going to do and every time you're going to do it and they have this one counter for you, you better come with another plan. Mm. So you're going to need to bring more than one attacker if you're going to break the totem pole or... It's like you just soak up whatever the enemy team is doing. You control the field. You wait until your commander has a nuke. You make sure your team's in position, and then you bust them right out of there. Because if you yeah. plant your heavy right in their, in their resupply in that one little corner where they're running the totem pole, and that nuke goes off, they have no work. they're going to have to reestablish someplace else. And then you've got them, as Leonard said, right where you want them, right in, in between your team. Because, because the nuke can disrupt any kind of any kind of defense really mm. it's like you, you just you have to wait till you have that nuke and everybody has to know what they're doing but that requires a full a full team effort so that's that's the thing a, a totem pole relies on teamwork how do you beat good teamwork you have to have better teamwork yeah well and i think a lot of it comes down to you know so you know similarly you know to what we talked about earlier where okay you know you you may be able to play commander at a high you know, a high level, or you may be able to play scout at a high level, but you probably can't play anything else. Like most of this comes down to just, you know, really one dimensional play, you know, people that, that really are not sure why they're doing what they're doing. Um, they're just, they're just kind of in the motions. Um, and I think that that's definitely the the most common is is you know we we see players kind of like that and I think part of the reason that the totem pole is effective is because we have so many players who are so you know in a one dimensional in their gameplay and as soon as the enemy team does something different they don't know how to react mm. and that's why that's so effective is yeah they're just they're just not really sure what they're doing they're they, they they're seeing something different and they don't know how to react and they don't. You know, this is a rabbit hole. I try not to go down, but yeah. <laughs> but it, I, it has to be said though, because you you may encounter this sooner or later against a team that's organized all their energy around defense. And if somebody says, "I just I don't know how to break in. I can't break in," it's like, well, by yourself you probably can't. So you need yeah. other options, and that's where again, it's a it's about the team as a whole, not just what can I do to make myself effective in the way that I want to be, but how can the entire team work toward this goal of eliminating the other team or, you know, worst case scenario, outscoring the other team, because that's partly what the totem pole is good at is piling up those points because they're getting a three or four to one advantage against you every time you come in and mm -hmm. you, you don't want that. I, I think a lot of, uh, something that's missing from a lot of people's game is the ability to to actually communicate effectively with their team um 
lots of people will be focused on just just what they're doing rather than um you know taking taking like 20 seconds to to have a quick power meeting <laughs> in a game mm-hmm. which 20 seconds yeah. is a long time but if you if, if you're encountering something that is you know not working like if, if it's I've, i see it a lot actually in our arena that um either, like a scout will be will be trying to break into another team's resupply and they just can't break it and they just keep coming in and, and doing this and they're just getting the same result a lot of people don't um take the time to be like okay i need to i need to maybe take a step back and and if if my commander is getting some resupply i'll go and say hey i need you to come with me right now we're gonna go and, and do a coordinated uh-huh. attack or something like that something to that extent they just you, you get a lot of people who play as individuals in a space rings and it really is a team game like you have to you have to approach it with teamwork um when it's played at its highest level it it is very much a team game. Mm-hmm. Hero Ball will take you yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, and I would probably classify the totem. What I would what I what I would say with the totem is um, one of the many many things we teach players uh, is we we look at you know individual plays, you know micro plays and, and, and large scale you know team strategies, whatever big macro plays. Uh, we basically classify them to three categories. Um, we classify them into reactive gameplay, proactive gameplay, and then what I define as kind of a branch off of proactive gameplay is predictive gameplay. And so, you know, what you're looking at in a given scenario is you're saying uh, the the enemy team is trying to control the game in this manner. Am I reacting and giving them what they want, or am I playing my own game? Right, running into the totem pole is a reactive play. Mm. You're giving you you are reacting to their you know attempt to control the game. Um, or am I playing proactively by, for example, playing the six on two, you know, having all of our players, you know, shoot their three hits and ignore the rest. Um, and I think people, especially, you know, we have so many young, I don't want to say dumb, hot headed young kids who are commander powerhouses who have never thought about you know, even the slightest bit, you know, have never put even the slightest bit of critical thinking into the game whatsoever. And they just brute force the resupply for 15 minutes. And if it works, they win. If it doesn't, they lose. And, um, you know, they're, they, they've got into this, you know, this mindset where, you know, they're, they're not really, crit- they're not thinking critically about their game. They're, they're not, you know, doing that kind of thing and then they're just simply re in this case they're reacting to what you know the enemy team's attempt to control the game instead of you know thinking about it and and playing you know playing their own game and trying to change the course of the game and you know in this case well that's that's the difference between like general laser tag versus space marines right because you could have that mentality playing laser tag like that's the name of the game just shoot the other other people and mm-hmm. try and do that more times than than everyone else but that's mm, space that's what oh, that's the glory of space marines is what makes it such a good game is it's it's not just i'm gonna go and shoot people <laughs> right that's right. Not, that, that's, that's not just what the game is that i mean i don't know that that's i guess part of that right like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well i like i i really like your take on on space marines <laughs> um, 
yes. can't I can't wait until the day that you, that you guys start doing some of the uh, um, the online online uh, yeah. courses for space wings. Yeah, that's. I honestly strategy for all you idiots out there. <laughs> yeah, I think that if uh, I don't know, I definitely want to get uh, some of the basics and stuff out there. I, I don't think there's anyone willing to sit around long enough to hear all I have to say, I don't know which is that. which is a lot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I Inferno and I still disagree. Joke. <laughs> Inferno I mean, and I still get, joke. Just get yourself a podcast. Any, every idiot on the internet has a podcast. But um, I actually hired Inferno. He, he worked at the Laser Force place with me for years. And uh, on his application, on his job application, he put decent at laser tag. And I chuckle every time I see that because I used to say that all the time. And I think that's really funny because, well, I mean, it's just because uh, um, it's all relative, right? I mean, you're decent compared to whom, I guess. But we worked together. I probably taught him 20 hours a week for years and he still hasn't heard the end of it. And people come to me all the time. They're like, you know, I, I, you know, I want you to teach me how to put laser tag. He's like, no, 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 don't <laughs> ask that. You'll actually get, don't careful what you ask for. Uh, Cause you might get it. And uh, it, you know, but it was eye opening. Cause like I, I got to experience it like a, a taster um, of that when I was uh, traveling with you guys and um, traveling back from, uh, from uh, Colorado and then obviously like many hours of car rides and, and sitting around wow. airports and stuff and like it it it's a fountain it's a fountain of knowledge and you'd be surprised man like I think a lot of people find uh, like value in that and the people that don't um, maybe I don't know it maybe will never be it, it's important to be open to, to learning stuff is the way that I'm right. doing it. <laughs> um, I, I think so, anyway. I think there's great value in it. But you'd be surprised, man. Like, we talk a lot of shit on this podcast, and people seem to be uh, amused by it, so... Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> 500 people, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah 500 people. That's, that's pretty good. Honestly, when you said that, I was like, what? 500 is a good... That's a good number. I mean... Stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely stoked. And, you know, there is a, a very... Um, there's a portion of that 500 that are here for the laser force content uh and then a, a portion of that they're here for the other dumb shit that we do other people um, want to see steve play with legos <laughs> exactly right <laughs> or play with gray one of the two um yeah yeah i'm better right. at, i'm better at lego um but yeah like it's it's we're pretty stoked man like uh and we, we couldn't have done that without the initial support of um, our laser force com uh, community our laser force yeah. family because you know a lot of people who get started with streaming don't have um don't have a um a pre-built audience <laughs> like we <laughs> had true. we were doing that the podcast the we were doing the podcast obviously prior but not only that like laser force um is so niche like our community will probably back any like reasonably entertaining um yeah. you know media that like talks about the thing that we love um yeah. so you know like we definitely had a head start but um yeah it's, it's nice to it's nice that people kind of come in and, and join the community and learn a little bit and yeah mm -hmm. yeah really dig it um do you guys want to 
uh, do you make any final points or is it, did we miss anything? Uh, I mean, you know, obviously this is like you said, Thunder, we could talk about this shit for hours and hours. And but... we had another four hours to go. Man. Well, that's the problem is I, I and I hate I gosh, th this kind of thing, especially like in this type of environment is so hard for me because um, like one, one, one of the first things that I try to teach people Oh my gosh, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole here. Uh, but in, in the tournament of Troy a few years ago, um, Trinity came out to me and and she was playing Commander on her team. And she said, okay, I went to Scythe and I asked him how to play Commander and he gave me some tips. And then I went to Rusty and I asked him how about how to play Commander and he gave me some tips. And then they said, come to you and you'll give me some tips. I said, great, I'll give you some tips. So he sat there and talked for an hour and I didn't say anything about Commander for a whole hour. Yeah. Well, I didn't say anything about Commander. Well, here's the thing is if we're talking about, um, you know, getting good or, or whatever, uh, let's let's say we're building like a pyramid, for example. Our, our bottom few layers are the fundamentals of the game, right? The, the, the absolute most, you know, basic aspects of the game that kind of stack and stack and stack on top of each other. Well, here's the problem about me teaching you Commander in this scenario. Uh, you know, we, we have our base level, and then way, 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 way up the pyramid is Commander. Well, you're missing all of these pieces down here, all these fundamentals, all these, these the, the whole bottom of the pyramid, I mean, the majority of the bottom of the pyramid is missing. Mm. So for us to attempt to, to build this structure from the middle isn't going to work. You know, I, I can sit here and teach you for hours how to nuke, but you're not getting nukes. So what good is yeah. that going to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, there is a whole lot of information that you are missing here. So we talked about Commander for an hour without talking about Commander at all. You know, we talked about the, the very most basic fundamentals of the game. You know, let's, let's talk about how to get resupply. Let's talk about, you know, opportunities. You know, let's talk about ways to look for good times to get resupplied. And let's, you know, let's talk about some, some interactions with your teammates and, and on and on. Um, so these types of things are hard. And that's why, like, I, I think if I started, you know, some type of, I don't know, online teaching thing, you know, at the very least, we, we would definitely start with, you know, with the basics, you know, some maybe more into the specifics of the basics, because um, that's what the majority of people need anyway. Um, but I think, you know, this type of thing is so hard because, like, you know, we, we kind of picked this, this random, like, kind of like, <laughs> you know, block in the middle here and then um you know I, I i guess i should have pulled it up but i i read i i wrote a thing um i've written a lot of i've written a lot of things but i wrote a uh some specifics about you know maybe 10 20 page explanations about some of the you know most of the positions uh for kind of our advanced players to read and you know and one of them all the new players really wanted to read it and i said okay you know but let me let me explain to you something first and i said in it and i wish uh, i wish i had it pulled up so i could read it but i said something with the fact of you know this is meant for advanced players with with a wide amount of information that you are missing right mm -hmm. i i'm going to detail things in here that need to be done you're going to attempt to do things and fail at them the reason you're failing at them is not because i'm teaching you the wrong way the reason you're failing at them is because you don't understand how and why and where and when these should be implemented correctly and you're just kind of blindly doing whatever. Mm. Um, but I mean, I do think we talked about some good things. We didn't really cover much heavy. We mostly covered resupply, but you know, that works. 
But, you know, I, I think that's good because you, you, you kind of said one of the things that I was hoping you would say um, without saying this sentence specifically, which is, like, defense is important, but you can't just talk about defense unless yeah. because it's all part of one thing. It's not like in other sports where it's like, oh, yeah, the team that has the ball, they're on offense, and the other team right. doesn't have the ball, so they're on defense. It's like everybody has the ball all the time <laughs> in, like, six different areas. There are... There are 12 balls that are flying around the field constantly. <laughs> right, yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> so you you just need to be fielding them and and you know able to pivot from defense and offense and vice versa just kind of on a on a dime. So I mean that's why I kind of wanted to throw the topic out there to be like, are there specific things we think about with defense in mind? It's like, but there's always a little asterisk of, yeah. But you can't just think of this as okay. This is this one specific thing that doesn't you know touch fifteen other different topics as part of laser tag. Also, yeah, this yeah. is not a not a training course. This is uh, like our thoughts on our, our very broad thoughts on on some uh, sorry, our very um, uh, individual thoughts on a very broad subject. Um, but I think that's... this is Charlie Day with a conspiracy theory board. Let's let's, let's <laughs> yeah, just be real much. about what this is. But I think that's why, um, like you said, you know, I don't know who's going to want to watch it. I think that's why the majority of our community would watch it because um, it's 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 distilled knowledge um, from a perspective that that you don't like you don't often get without um, decades of playing this game. Uh, and even then, you don't or you know, you, some people are not necessarily going to get those. Um, right. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I, I do think that that's actually something, you know, in a way that I think the community kind of needs in that I think, uh, you know, one, one thing I, I kind of tell our players is you're, 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 you're lucky to be starting now, you know, to the new people because, you know, you can really only become as good as the best player you have to practice against. Mm. You know, we know and, so and, much more than we did before. And what's fascinating, what, what I what I can't stop thinking about, I think about this all the time, is that, um, you know, I played, I mean, I started in like 2002, mm. and I played weekly for, you know, till now. Um, and what took me 15 years to learn, you know, that we have players who have been playing for a year, two years, that are as good or better than I was after 15. Mm. You know, I mean, look at someone like Snuffles. The guy started in like 2018. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say Snuffles and Caleb come to mind. <laughs> yeah, when Snuffles started, uh, when Snuffles went to the the West Coast, the last West Coast in Loveland, he had played like, you know, 15 Space Marines games. He started four years ago. And after, you know, a year and a half, he would have he would have beat me to death at the point I was just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they, they just get fast tracked through, through all this that I had to learn through, you know, blood, sweat and tears and, you know, hours of staying up at night. So well, that part could be good for the community. So. <laughs> they gun, gun telling them how many lives they've gotten, you know, all this <laughs> terrible. Yeah. yeah. There is that. Yeah. But yeah, like that's, yeah, I think that's an exciting prospect um, for our community is, you know, if yeah. you, if you bring, if you bring people with talent like through and give them the knowledge quicker, um, they tend to get good very quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we, we do our best on this show, but like, uh, you know, 
don't take advice from this guy. <laughs> or at least, you know, maybe not here. Um, right. Uh, right. Well, let's let's put that uh, put that pin yes. in it. Um, we'll Sounds let good. we'll let DK go off and watch his his basketball. Um, but uh, like, we haven't been doing that in the background. We've been talking <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, but um, Ace, thank you so much for coming on, man. Like, I I I could listen to you talk about Blazer Force like for hours and hours and hours, and like I get lost in in, in the stuff that not lost. I get like captivated by by what you're saying and i like i found myself earlier like forgetting that i was you know streaming i forgot that i was like <laughs> supposed to be mildly entertaining i was just, oh, I'm yeah. the host of this damn show yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a really interesting point that's really cool but yeah thank you so much dude for coming on and and like giving us a the uh, a wee thimble uh yes something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good i love being on it's you know I, I, every every Six time months. i'm on i'm like oh yeah let's let's do it great yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, i can't wait to come hang out with you again as well like uh i i don't know when it'll be hopefully are you are you any any rough plans are coming down here next year is it, is it uh the, the but, but me caleb and snuffles all have plans to go um snuffles got a real big tax return i said listen open it open a new account put it all in there throw away the key so uh i think the, the three of us definitely have have plans to go hopefully that all stays the same but oh yes i, I plan to nice. go. Well, amazing um i can't i can't wait to see you guys down here it's i, I think you guys are gonna gonna have a great time in our arena because really our arena out of all the arenas that i've played is i think like the one that has training wheels on it it's very yeah. easy <laughs> um but yeah thanks thanks man we'll um we will obviously look to have you on a- again um at some stage in the not too distant future because um yeah you bring a wealth of knowledge with you so thank you cool um this week what do we got coming up just just general ah oh, dinky you're away next week is that right yes most likely yeah okay we'll figure that out uh closer to the yeah, time. yeah um so it may just be me and than again or uh maybe we don't do a show next week <laughs> we'll see but <laughs> figure it out we actually uh for anyone that's keen anyone in auckland who is potentially keen to come hang out we we're having sort of a, a somewhat of a community meetup with some of the twitch um community members next friday night in auckland city so if you're around and you want to come hang out, yeah, 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 I see you, Jen. Uh, if you want to come hang out um, and get some food and, and have some general good times with us, um, flick me a message, I'll send you the details. Uh, it'll be a very um, cool evening, I think. Um, but for for this week, uh, I, I, me, me, this guy, I've been Guy Next Door. I've been DK. I've been here too. I'm Thunder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and i am also here too Most- as well um always remember to backtrack kids it's really good for your defense uh we will see you next week uh kakite ano have a good week